0: You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. What is good, Huda Nation and Huda family? Welcome into to another episode of Locked On Saints, the daily podcast covering your New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day on today's episode, we're going to start off with our midweek fundamentals segment, breaking down restructuring contracts, as well as the use of void years, how to better understand them and how they work. Then we're going to talk about Nikhil Harry and why the New Orleans Saints should at least explore a potential trade with the New England Patriots to bring the former first round wide receiver to the big easy. We'll also hear from Mike Debate of Locked On Patriots, who also covers the Patriots over at Sports Illustrated, about what didn't work with the Harry in New England, why it might work elsewhere, and what it would cost to get the player from the organization. We have all of that on today's episode. And as always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson NOLA on Twitter, co managing editor over at canalstreetchronicles.com, and your Tuesday co host over at the National Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that. And a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, family, kicking off today's episode with our midweek fundamentals, our endeavor to better understand the game and mechanics of Football. We're looking at some on-field stuff and some off-the-field stuff. If you want to understand fantasy football a little bit better, go and check out the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast hosted by Vinny Iyer every Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcast. So today we're taking a look at contracts. So we're coming off the field for a moment. We've broken down and used this quarter metaphor before when it comes to the use of June 1 or post-June 1 transactions. We're going to use this again when it comes to restructuring contracts. So there's three elements that we're going to hit here. We're going to hit the restructure period, how long you can restructure a contract. We'll talk about how a restructure actually works and spaces things out. And then we'll also talk about why void years do have significance, even though they're majority fake and using monopoly money in terms of those conversations. So let's start off with the idea that we're talking about a player here that's on a four-year, $60 million contract, $15 million per year no signing bonus. We're going to leave a signing bonus out of it for right now. It's a very unusual contract that this guy agreed to, which means pretty much none of this is guaranteed. But regardless, that's what we're going to look at right now. We're talking about four years, $15 million. Let's say that this player is in the second year of that contract. So he's already played a year. We're going into his second year. So he's got three seasons left at $15 million per year. So what we want to do is knock that salary cap or that base salary hit down from $15 million to a lower number to save ourselves some salary cap space. So in order for us to do that, we want to restructure his contract and restructuring a contract. What we're doing is that we're taking some of that base salary and we're converting it to a signing bonus and spreading it out over the course of several years. We're basically taking credit out on the player essentially, and we're paying in equal yearly installments up to five years. But he's only got three years left on his deal. So what we're going to do is add two voidable years on the back of that contract so that those end up being five years in total. So now that we have the five years that we need, three years, including this year, which are already on the deal, and then the two void years, which will void out at a later date that we added on, we can now start to take a look at how much of the base salary of that player we want to convert into a signing bonus. The maximum restructure allowance is basically taking whatever that base salary is, subtracting the vet minimum that applies to that player based on how many years they've been in the NFL, and then whatever amount you have left is what your max restructure is. So if this player that we're talking about who carries a $15 million base salary for this 2021 season was, let's say, in the league for seven plus years, then the lowest we can take his contract, his base salary at least, is $1.075 million, meaning the most that we could restructure is $13.925 million. We're not going to use that number because it's just too wonky with trying to make this as simple a conversation as possible. But you can choose to restructure a smaller portion without going into the max restructure conversation that's what we're going to do here and we're going to take 12.5 million dollars 12 and a half million dollars off of the 15 that's going to allow us to use our quarters again right instead of using essentially 15 million dollars we're going to use a dollar 50 and then instead of using 12.25 million dollars we're going to use a dollar 25 to be able to lay all this out because it's going to space out very evenly and allow us to use our quarter metaphor again so this means that you're taking 12.5 million dollars from the base salary meaning that the base salary is now 2.5 million dollars or 25 cents works pretty well right then you're going to take 2 po- I'm sorry 12.5 million dollars and then spread them out over the 5 years because you've turned that into a signing bonus and then with that signing bonus it's prorated evenly over the course of 5 years that means 2.5 million dollars per year that starts this year so that means that this year's salary hit for that player Is the base salary that you've reduced them to, and then any bonuses that are being added or already exist for that player. We mentioned that we're just gonna leave a previous signing bonus out of this conversation, but that could very well be the case that that would be there or a roster bonus or something like that. But for the sake of this conversation, for that player this year, you're looking at the $2.5 million or one quarter for the base salary, and then the new $2.5 million for a fifth of the signing bonus. 12.5. And then over the course of the next four seasons, you're paying out a quarter of that uh, salary or a signing bonus per year. So it basically just lets you essentially take a line of credit out on that player that goes into those void years as well. So that's the way that restructuring works. Very simple in terms of like trying to break it down and, and understand it. The things that you need to know is that whatever you reduce that base salary by, you're giving that player up front, but you're not on the books for it. But for a fifth of it each season, if you go with a max restructure over the course of five seasons. Okay, so let's put the quarters away. Let's talk a little bit about the uses of void years, because we added two void years on the back end of that contract. We have seen a lot of people talk about, "Oh, Taysom Hill is on a four-year, one hundred and forty million dollar contract." That, in absolutely no way, is true. Right now, the reason why you end up affixing uh, such a large number to Void years, particularly when you're adding them on to what is only a one year deal, just like Taysom Hill, just like Teron Armstead, just like uh, you can look at Marshawn Lattimore, who's only on his fifth year option. And then they added all these void years to the back of the contract. They also did this with Jameis Winston as well. Those years automatically void and they go away. It's like having a coupon that says void if not used by. However, the numbers that you affix to that, especially if you're interested in possibly extending that player over the next 12 months, are very important. Because if you plan to extend that player within a year of the restructure, whatever amount you attach to those void years becomes the maximum amount that you're able to negotiate in terms of a yearly salary. So let's say that the Saints said, okay, we're going to just throw an $8 million per year number on each of those void years. If they decide within a year to extend that player into those void years, they couldn't go any higher than that $8 million ceiling. That's why you end up seeing this $35 million per year sort of number get attached to all these contracts. It's attached to Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, Teron Armstead, and Marshawn Lattimore's new contract, who they just restructured out of his 50-year option, added a bunch of void years, and will likely look to extend within a year of that restructure. So instead of putting a ceiling or a cap on their ability to be able to negotiate and the player to be able to negotiate for themselves above you know $8 million or whatever number ended up getting attached to it, They go way high so that they can actually have the negotiation without any type of a hindrance. That's why that's important. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to talk about Nikhil Harry, the first round wide receiver from 2019 that may be on his way out in Beantown. We're going to be talking about why the New Orleans Saints should at least explore a trade with the New England Patriots for the former first round wide receiver as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. If you want to get in on some early lines for week one, betonline.ag is the place to check out. The New Orleans Saints right now favored minus two and a half opening up the season at home against the Green Bay Packers. That's basically home field advantage, and that's it. So this is close to being a pick Now, of course, we don't know who either of these teams' week one quarterbacks is going to be. But if you want to get in on that action or maybe some of the other action around the NFL or otherwise, go and check them out over at betonline.ag. The account is free to sign up for. And when you put the money down that you use to bet, you can go ahead and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, so that you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. So you put $100 down, you get $50 on top of that. All of a sudden, you got 150 bucks to bet with. So go and check them out, betonline.ag. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for that 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Oh. right who that nation continuing on with today's episode of locked on saints thank you very much again for being here if this is your first time catching the show welcome and thank you so much for being here you can subscribe if you're watching on youtube or you can follow or subscribe depending upon which podcast provider you're listening to the show and don't forget to drop that five star rating and review over on itunes as well i appreciate all the help and support as we get closer and closer to the season here. But even though we're still in the offseason, there's still news to talk about. So we're still here with you five days a week. And today we have some pretty big news across the NFL that could pertain to the New Orleans Saints and dare I say should pertain to the New Orleans Saints. Just a couple of days ago, we broke down the wide receiver roster for New Orleans. And honestly, you've got Michael Thomas and a lot of question marks, a lot of guys that we feel probably a little bit more comfortable in than the you know outside perception may be. Traquan Smith, Marquez Calloway, uh, Deontay Harris, all guys that we've seen glimpses or shining moments from, but are majority unproven at this point, much like the tight end position for the New Orleans Saints. So when it comes down to taking a look at these wide receivers, what they could use is another player with NFL experience and perhaps somebody that's a little bit more specialized in terms of what they do. Enter Nikhil Harry. 23 years old, first round selection from 2019, the second wide receiver taken in that draft, but was taken before guys like DK Metcalf, for instance. Uh, Carries a salary right now of $1.4 and $1.9 million over the next two seasons. Signing bonus, of course, would already be paid out by New England. So why is this important? Well, Nikhil Harry and his agent have asked for a trade from the New England Patriots. Nikhil Harry's uh, Career hasn't really started to pan out in New England. I mean, he came in as a first-round wide receiver, a guy with a lot of hype around him out of Arizona State. He's a big-bodied guy and was huge. I mean, had over a thousand receiving yards, nine touchdowns, and a ton of catches during his final season with the uh, Sun Devils there, and came into the NFL draft, became a first-round selection. But after being in the NFL now over the course of 21 games, just 45 catches, 414 yards, four touchdowns. Two in each season. So he hasn't really jumped out to be the big time playmaker at the NFL level that he was at the collegiate level. One of the big knocks that you're going to hear consistently around Nikhil Harry is his inability to create separation. In 2020, according to next gen stats, created 2.9 yards on average of separation over the course of the 2020 season, which is actually only 0.2 yards less than Emmanuel Sanders did last year at 3.1, and it's 0.3 yards more. Than Michael Thomas did in 2019 when he set a record for most catches in the NFL. The New Orleans Saints system generally creates separation for players and doesn't necessarily live and breathe off of separation downfield, which I think is something that could benefit Nikhil Harry. Uh, you look at him, six foot four, 230 pounds. He's a big wide receiver, a lot like Michael Thomas in terms of being physically imposing in that way. Just some maybe not as much of a Michael Thomas as you may have expected him to become at that size coming into the NFL. And according to John Sigler, if you look at the numbers for, let's say, Marquez Calloway and Deontay Harris combined over the last couple of seasons so over the course of 34 games, 47 catches, 381 yards. So are you really losing anything here by adding somebody else to the mix? The fact of the matter is that we don't know because those numbers could go up next year. Those numbers could go down next year, although it seems more likely that they'll go up. Now, here's the good part of this, too. I mean, we mentioned a $1.4 million uh, salary cap hit this year, $1.9 million next year. It's a low-risk move. If you move for him and he doesn't pan out, you move on from him, and that's totally fine. That's actually something that could happen with New England. Even if New Orleans Saints or another team doesn't trade for Nikki O'Hare, he could still end up on the market, and he'd still be worth a flyer on a cheap deal to see if maybe you could help him pan out in a new system. To get more information on that, we're going to talk to Mike Debate, locked on Patriots here in just a moment. He'll tell us why he thinks that the New Orleans Saints system is actually beneficial for a guy like Nikhil Harry, but not the least of which being the fact that they don't need him to be a number one receiver. They've got that guy in Michael Thomas. They basically just need him to be a specialized threat at his size they could utilize in the red zone on third downs, close to the line of scrimmage, and maybe even just utilize as a third option as a big slot player, as opposed to even looking at him as a potential wide receiver too. No reason not to. If you're able to get a hold of them for a late round pick and you're only paying them, and you're paying them less than $2 million, what have you really got to lose here? So I say that if all of the situations were to line up appropriately and the New Orleans Saints could bring Nikhil Harry to the Big Easy, I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. I don't think it'd be that bad of a deal on their part either. Because again, you don't need to ask him to do too much. In fact, you probably don't want to ask him to do too much. And that's where the New Orleans Saints can actually provide him a little bit more benefit as opposed to maybe some other teams might be looking for a quintessential X receiver, a number one option. No need for that in New Orleans. They've got that. So we can justify the move. It feels like the move makes sense. But what else do we need to know? Well, we need to know how this whole situation went down, if there are any character concerns that we should be concerned about considering the way that this did not work out with Nikhil Harry and the New England Patriots, and of course, the cost to get him to another organization. For help with all of that, we're going to be joined by Mike Debate of Locked On Patriots here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Sounds like the New England Patriots may have a little bit of a fixer-upper on their roster. You might have a fixer-upper in your driveway if you want to go ahead and make some progress on that. Stop going to those chain stores around the corner that are charging you way too much for the parts, pieces, and accessories that you're looking for. Instead, head over to rockauto.com. Let them know the make, the model, and the year of whatever part or piece you're looking for, for, whatever vehicle you drive, whatever vehicle you're rebuilding, whether it's a classic or a daily driver, whatever it is, they'll have you covered at a fraction of the price as what you're going to pay in those brick and mortar chain stores around the way. So go and check them out over at rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that locked on, since you are writing locked on in the how'd you hear about us section, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at Auto. And of course, I am always excited to tell you about our good friends over at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Nine incredible flavors, even more deliciouser than the last, and even more deliciouser since they rebranded and went ahead and revamped their entire line of flavors. So these things just keep getting better and better and better. You like coconut and chocolate, peanut butter and chocolate, mint and chocolate, fruit and chocolate, any of it, they have something for everybody over at BuiltBar.com. You want to try all of these flavors? Easy. Grab yourself a sample box, get two bars of each flavor, 18 bars total over those 19 flavors. Or if you know exactly what you like and what you want, you can do a build your own box and grab three boxes of three different flavors. You can grab three boxes of the same flavor or you can grab multiple boxes depending upon how you want to do it as well. So go and check them out over at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order, whether it's your first or your next. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Get it who that nation continuing on with today's episode of locked on saints. And it is my, uh, just greatest pleasure to be able to welcome on today's episode, a dear, dear friend of mine from the locked on Patriots podcast, as well as covering the Patriots over at sports illustrated. Congratulations, by the way, Mike, uh, you can catch all of his great work every Monday through Friday, locked on Patriots and beyond Mike debate on Twitter at M D A B A T E N F L. Mike, thanks so much for coming through, buddy. Always good to be with you. Oh, my honor and my pleasure as always. Thank you so much for that introduction.
0: I swear I'm not quite able to live up to it, but I'll definitely do my best.
1: <laughs> I think you're going to be just fine. You're here to talk about one of the favorite topics when it comes to New Orleans Saints fans, which wide receiver should the Saints trade for? So let's start off with uh, Nikhil Harry and the situation around him. He and his agent demanding a trade from the New England Patriots. What is it and what should Saints fans know about this potential? Uh, wide receiver hitting the market. What has led to this point?
0: Well, in a lot of ways, Ross, I think the fit between Nikhil Harry and the New England Patriots was essentially a bad one right from the get-go. I was one of the very few in New England that was really much on board when the Patriots drafted Nikhil back in 2019. I Mm -hmm. looked at the type of wide receiver he was coming out of Arizona State big body guy that can go up and make contested catches be a physical wide receiver something the Patriots hadn't had in quite some time almost like a Rob Gronkowski type in a way mm. uh, with the uh, the receiving uh, aspect of his game definitely not with the blocking obviously Rob is a tight end there's definitely a big difference between the two but Nikhil was someone that could go up make contested catches and be someone that could be a physical force in the wide receiver core for Whatever reason, it just never worked out. Uh, Nikhil seemed to stutter step a little bit. Uh, There were difficulties with him finding separation. Uh, Mm -hmm. It should be noted that there were some issues with injury. Uh, He suffered some injuries. His uh, rookie season suffered some injuries last year in 2020, a concussion that definitely sidelined him. There were flashes of that type of receiver that the Patriots were hoped that they were getting, but it was just too few and far between. Unfortunately, it just looks like at this point, it's better off for the two sides to go their separate ways. I think Nikhil may find a little bit easier of a time in another location, maybe a location that he's able to go into, utilize his skill set, be more of a niche wide receiver rather than someone that's called upon to be a number one like he was expected to be here in New England. Um But there's a lot there's there's a lot of different reasons why it just didn't work out here in New England. But ultimately, I just think it was a poor fit logistically.
1: Was it something about the system that didn't necessarily work out for him? And if so, what system would benefit him most? Well,
0: I don't necessarily believe that it was just a bad fit for the system itself. Mm -hmm. I think what the Patriots were looking for Nikhil to be was a number one type of wide receiver. You don't spend first-round draft capital on a wideout, especially in a Bill (laughs) Belichick-led team. He very, very rarely does that, take a wide receiver in the first round. There was a lot of pedigree coming from, uh, from Nikhil's camp. Look, there's no question about it. He had a strong... Um, senior season or last season at Arizona State, you know, finding the end zone nine times, over a thousand yards receiving, good amount of receptions. This is a guy that definitely didn't shy away from the spotlight, but in New England, he was going to be called upon to be a guy that could run routes crisply, that could get open, find separation, and be the type of receiver that the Patriots needed him to be, which is essentially someone that can play all over the field. Again, Mm -hmm. Nikhil Harry makes his living being a contested catch machine. That's not a very efficient way to move the football. You don't want your number one wide receiver going up and making contested catches all the time. Eventually, you're going to find difficulty. Either the quarterback is going to throw into coverage, there's going to be a lot of interceptions thrown his way, or he's going to get himself hurt. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what happened with Nikhil Harry. He just didn't find that comfort zone and that ability to be that number one that the Patriots needed him to be. Ideal system for Nikhil is someone who can come in, he can be a situational type receiver, again, make his living on contested catches, uh, but he does have sure hands than a lot of people think. Uh, he's not a drop machine. If he's in the area and he's able to go up and snag a football, he's going to come down with it more often
1: than not. Do you feel like the Saints system and the Saints situation at the receiver position in terms of what they have and what they're looking for, which are these complementary specialized roles, could fit a guy like Nikhil Harry?
0: I think this could be a good fit. First of all, you look at the type of offense that the New Orleans Saints run under Sean Payton, a quarterback like a Jameis Winston, who's going to be able to utilize Nikhil to his strengths. Jameis has had his issues with interceptions. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. folks, but he has in the past. I mean, you just, it's a part of his resume. It's not something that you can shy away from. Nikhil Harry has a tendency to be the type of receiver that can take some of those Pressures away again. Being a contested catch guy, he's able to go up. He's got sure hands. He's he's like you said, he's a big guy. He's not afraid to get physical. Uh, a lot of Patriots fans criticizing him, I think, unfairly today on Twitter, saying that he wasn't physical, didn't want to get up. No, Nikhil Harry can mix it up. I just think it was a bad logistical fit, but it wasn't from a lack of toughness here in New England. Um, I think this could be a good uh, fit in New Orleans because, again, much like the New England Patriots. New Orleans Saints tend to like their wide receivers a little more low to the ground. If you can get someone like a Akil Harry, it's, you know, obviously 6'4", over 200 pounds, uh, solid, able to do what he needs to do. He's a very good blocker, was a good blocker uh, during his days at uh, Arizona State. Also a very good special teamer as well. A lot of ah, people that. That, to me, is something that would really endear him to Saints fans. New England Patriots fans love their special teams guys. And Nikhil Harry, I don't think, was really utilized as much on special teams. That's not a knock to Nikhil, and I don't think that was a mistake on the Patriots' part. Their special teams field is very crowded. I mean, you've already got guys like a Matthew Slater, like a Justin Bethel, uh, Adrian Phillips being brought in last year, Brandon Bolden now coming back from the opt-out. They've got a lot of special teamers that specialize in being great on that aspect of the football field. So maybe Nikhil Harry finds his way in uh, New Orleans, but this is the type of team that I think he would fit well in.
1: What might it cost New Orleans to bring a guy like Nikhil Harry to the Big Easy?
0: Well, I think in logistical terms, and I think in realistic terms, you're probably looking at about a sixth rounder that might be fair compensation and might be what the Patriots are willing to accept at this point. The timing of his agent's message is a little concerning to me because I don't think it did New Orleans, excuse me, I don't think it did New England any favors. I don't think it did Nikhil any favors at all. I think it lowers his trade value and it makes it a little more difficult for them to move him. But I think there's still enough interest out there in Nikhil harry for a team to say you know what we're going to take a flyer on this guy we don't want him to get cut and then risk having him have to go through all the rigmarole of going through a bunch of different teams that may not be in a position to trade for him he can be an asset to a uh, to a team so if i'm new orleans i'm giving the patriots a call right now i'm offering a sixth or seventh if i'm bill belichick i'm saying this guy is two years removed from being a first round pick I want a fourth or a fifth. Mm-hmm. I think teams are going to come together. I think they'll come to a happy medium. And I think a sixth rounder is is fair and adequate compensation at this point because it just it wasn't going to work out for Nikhil here in New England. And I think at this point, it's kind of Fisher cut bait. I think a lot of ways uh, it's going to be a fresh start for him. And it gives the Patriots now the ability to focus on guys like Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, who I look to, to have mm-hmm. a huge year for the Patriots this year. To me, it's going to be about, you know, moving on and doing what's best for both sides. And I think about a sixth rounder could be a uh, an adequate uh, um, compensation. But don't rule out a fifth. There might be someone that wants to throw their hat in there and they may get into a little bit of a bidding war, but I don't think it'll be any higher than that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you could see other picks get mixed in from New England, some pick swaps, things oh, like yeah. that, potentially helping to, to sweeten the deal as well. New Orleans with nine selections right now estimated going into the 2022 draft. Could one of them be on the move from Nikhil Harry? We'll keep an eye out on that. And to help us break it all down today was Mike DeBate of Locked on Patriots. You can follow on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. Mike, always a pleasure to share the mic with you, my friend.
0: Always my honor. Always my pleasure, but Thanks for having me on today, Russ.
1: Always. All right, family, one more big thank you to Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots. Make sure you check him out and follow his work. Tomorrow's episode is our top three Thursday episode. So we're going to take a look at top three New Orleans Saints training camp standouts that didn't make the roster. Now, this is a bit of a recent phenomenon, but it's an interesting thing to take a look at. Just to remind everybody that sometimes training camp hype doesn't translate to actual opportunity on the field. So we'll take a look at some recent guys that stood out but didn't make the roster. And we're also going to be joined again by Brandon Olson of Locked on Gators. He's a bit of an NIL name, image, likeness expert. So he's coming through to talk with us a little bit about how the progress being made in college football when it comes to name, image, and likeness could affect the NFL draft. So we'll talk about all of that in tomorrow's episode. Once again, y'all, thank you very much for being here. And for all that you do to support the show, you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.